So welcome to um, the second of my podcasts in a, in a series. Um, the series is called um, Doing Things Better and Doing Better Things. And in this podcast, I interview uh, Johnny Tyson. Um, Johnny makes things with his hands. He makes wooden items, cabinets, kitchens. And I'm recording this little intro stood in the chapel the house of St Barnabas in London, which is like a homeless charity that um, then became a, a kind of um, altruistic members club. It's beautiful. Uh, and I'm surrounded by the pews and the wooden structures that furnish your average church. But just looking at the rows, the Tudor rows that's carved in, I, I, I look at the hours <coughs> that that must have taken. Excuse me, frog on my throat. And, um, and it is astonishing. We, we walk past these things and take them for granted. Now, um, many of you will know, many of you won't, but I've been working for about 26 years and the majority of that time has been in sustainability, innovation, more latterly in kind of brand and and purpose. But but sustainability runs through me like Blackpool runs through a stick of rock and um, I, I firmly believe that we churn through far too many resources and we do so without any consideration of what went in. And... One of the kind of benefits I see of the current kind of sort of rush towards mindfulness, that's almost the yeah, oxymoron, the rush towards mind, mindfulness, is, is just stopping and taking some time and looking at the things around you and appreciating even like every single mouthful of food you eat, just appreciating what it is, where it came from, who grew it. And then if we think of the things that we hold in our hands and and we take those for granted as well it's another phone it's another set of headphones it's another whatever but if we pick up when we pick up something truly beautiful it stops us in our tracks and i was given a knife for speaking at the um good life experience recently and it is truly beautiful and it, it feels nice in your hand it feels nice in your pocket and and many things have that have that ability to stop us um but i think nothing has that ability like reworked old materials and 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 you know stuff that's been made many many years ago so this podcast is all about how johnny takes waste wood and turns it into new products and his work is you know obviously stunning but for me the interesting thing was the kind of philosophical conversation that we had around what that means to society um, but most importantly what that means to him at what point does he did he stop being what he was and start identifying as the person that he is with the skills that he's got so I found that absolutely fascinating so um, enjoy it it's um, I really enjoyed recording this one I enjoy recording them all but I really enjoy recording this one and um, and hopefully you'll enjoy it too okay yeah are we ready so Johnny yes tell me about yourself (laughs) my name is Johnny Tyson and I'm uh, the owner and maker at uh, Fallen Giants is the name of my company um, and we make furniture and other wooden objects from found wood. Um, the reason for that, a bit of back, well, a bit of backstory. I'm, uh, I used to work as a graphic designer a long time ago, and I got really ill, and uh, that was another story. And then after that, I travelled around the world for a year, thinking about what I wanted to do next, because I kind of felt that life was over, and. Um, 
I felt, what do I like doing? And I love making things. And I'm also a bit of a skip rat. Yeah. I go around looking for stuff, like these drawers and things, and thinking, what can I do? What can I make out of that? I probably got some of that from my dad, actually. He's like one of them guys in his shed, always making stuff. So, yeah, so I came back from my travels, and I thought, I want to get into making. So I trained as a boat builder down in Dorset in Lyme Regis. Wow. And built a 15-foot how, how rowing old, boat. How old were you when, this, when you started? Ten years ago, that, about ten years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, built that boat 10 years ago. Um, and my intention was to become a boat builder. And I went into that industry. But I found that most actual boat building is fiberglass and plastics and metal these days. Oh, and that wasn't what I was into, epoxy resins and stuff. Which has its uses, but it wasn't what I was into. So yeah. I thought I'd get into making furniture. And then I moved up north and I found tons of good wood. Oh, and I started working for a cabinet maker. And I, I was disgusted with the amount of waste they created. Yeah. A lot of the wood, really good stuff, was chucked out for landfill. And I used to collect it. <laughs> this is after a clear out in here. <laughs> I used to just collect these pieces and start making it. And I used to make things for friends and, that, and um, people. I said, oh, can you make me this? Can you make me that? And I thought, hey, maybe this is a business. So, so here we are, Fallen Giants. Oh, the, the name Fallen Giants comes from a chap called... George Nakashima, yep. who was a furniture maker in the 50s and 60s, quite influential. Um, and he had an interesting life story. He was a, a prisoner of war, and um, whilst he was in a prison camp, he had a lot of spare time on his hands. And he started, and he met another Japanese carpenter, and they started making things together, and he went on to become very famous furniture maker and a he, he was as much a philosopher as he was a friend do you know about this guy yeah, and he's yeah a I know a little bit he has about a philosophy that, behind it um, and he said that all trees are in his mind fallen giants and I read that in this book about fallen giants and all, all that wood should have its use and there should be no waste and every piece of wood he finds he, he wanted it to express itself to bring it out bring out the spirit of the wood so that's quite a spiritual thing and then I thought oh I'm doing the same thing but out of skips <laughs> Which kind of double, double fallen giants, isn't double it? Double fallen giants. Yeah. It's literally stuff that I find or people give me. Sometimes I'm buying it off eBay or whatever and um, giving it a second life. So that's the fallen giants idea. I and I thought that. that's a good name for a company as well. It's a, it's a beautiful name for a company. Yeah. And that whole kind of like eat the whole animal. You know, if you're going to knock yes. the tree down, respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use every yeah. bit of it that you can use. That's that's it. That's it. And even, even if the very smallest offcuts end up as firewood or whatever at least you're using it and that hooks in with my you know I feel very strongly about consumer society and the waste we're creating around the world and we need to do something about that so this is my part of that if you like um, I, 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 yeah. absolutely, I absolutely love it so, I mean, the, the stuff that you make is beautiful thank you but just the way that you make it as well it's yeah. traditional it's yeah. hand tools mainly isn't it Looking yeah yeah me. yeah I mean I've, I've got a planer and a, and a saw mainly they just speed things up really yeah. but as you can see I'm playing in there with hand tools and that's the real pleasure it's nice the machines speed things up but they're noisy and dirty doing it this is, uh, is much more pleasurable and do you struggle to get the hand tools now do you um, interestingly there's a lot of companies starting to remake them it's a, especially being in Sheffield tool makers yeah. This is the home of toolmakers, and a lot of them have gone out of business, but there's a couple that have hung on for years and years, and they're actually having a renaissance now. Um, so, yeah, good stuff's hard to find. 
okay. I would say. But the, you know, it's making a comeback, traditional tool making. And you're buying second hand or new tools? Yeah, both really. Yeah. That's new, but mostly second hand to be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That little hand plane looks like second yeah. hand. That's, that's yeah, that's second hand, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get that. I bought that for a couple of quid and um, I've, I've restored it and uh, put a new blade in it, sharpened it up. Incredible. This is an American maker. These oh, are that's, that's beautiful. The handles. Which are beautiful. Hold it in your hands, it's a beautiful thing just to hold. Um, so just, just for the audio, this is a, um, mm. I'd say it's like an 11, 12 inch plane. Yeah. Um, with some, I don't know what wood the handles They're are. Cherry. Cherry. The cherry most, handles. It's the most beautiful thing to and hold. It's got though. a good weight on it and it feels good in your hands. Yeah, it's lovely. It's like when you get, you know, when you get an old, beautiful old camera and it just feels oh. right in your hands and things like that. And yeah. yeah. It's gorgeous. So you're in Sheffield. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I love Sheffield. I've it's always, always been a little yeah. cheeky little, little love of mine for yeah. my wife. And I were going to meet up here before we were man and wife. We, oh, yeah. we were planning a little cheeky. She was with somebody else at the time, bless yeah. her. And uh, she just sent me a postcard that went Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I've loved yeah. Sheffield romantic. ever since. Yeah, it was yeah. romantic yeah. in a footbally kind of way. Yeah. So, but, but why yeah. are you here? Uh, well, um, a romantic reason as well. Actually, I met my wife, and we lived in London for a while, and. Um, we kind of lived, we did lived in London for years and fallen out of love with it a bit. God bless it. Um, and she had a flat in Sheffield and it so happened that the flat became free and we got kicked out of our place in Sheffield, in London, sorry. And we thought, what should we do? Should we try and, you know, how hard it is to find a place to live in London? And we just thought, let's, let's make a break. So we moved to Sheffield and I did good things about it. And it is a nice, it's a friendly town. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here. Yeah. And it's interesting, it's, you know, yeah. I, I spend half my weeks in London, and I adore yeah. London. Me too. Me Genuinely. Too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's nowhere cheap left. No, there's nowhere left. But if you want to start a small business like this, doing some craft kind of related, or art related thing, I think London's out of your price range, if, it's when you're starting. I agree. It's a busted, I think yeah. it's a busted flush. I yeah. think it, you know, it's fine for creative agencies or whatever, yeah. but, but in reality, if you're doing something that has some element of financial insecurity or risk yes. then you've got to go to, to, to Birmingham to Sheffield yeah. you've got to go to maybe Manchester but yeah, that's yeah. expensive now yeah, yeah, it's silly money. Yeah. so you've got to find those little pockets yeah. and that seems to me I, I, whenever I come to this city yeah. there's a bristling there's, a, there's a, a, a change and you can smell it almost yeah and I think it will do really well. I do as well. Have you been down to Kellam Island? Yeah. yeah that's my, really My friend's the now. developer for that. Oh, okay. Well, like, you know about so that. So he gave it's me a look in. Fantastic down there now. year or so. It reminds right? me of London about 20 years ago. Reminds when me of Shor- Shoreditch. They used to go around it's, Spitalfields and Shoreditch. Exactly. But up around there, there'd be like yeah. artists in there, you know, like young British artists and that doing stuff. Because they were cheap places to exist. So true. And Sheffield has obviously given its history has a huge number of massive industrial buildings, many of which have been empty for years, because those steel industries, have, the big industries have moved up, so there's a lot of yeah. buildings here that need, they Got need people. A lot of real estate, yeah. not that many people are in them at the moment, therefore yeah. prices are yeah, reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. told me what this costs so, per month, and it's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, and I also think, because of that, there's a community building, and there's, so there's other people doing similar things, so you feel supported, and there's events on, and I'm constantly bumping into people doing interesting stuff. Like a friend of mine's like, I've made some benches recently with, for a customer. She'd ripped her old kitchen out on the worktops with beautiful mahogany timber. And she said, can you make, this is ideal for me. Like, can you make these into some benches and stools? Um, 
So he said, yeah, definitely, love to do that. And uh, another mate of mine started up a little metalwork business and he's welding, getting old yeah. bits of steel and welding them up into frames and stuff. So he made the bases and I made the tops. We That's put them amazing. together. Yeah, and she loves them. That's she incredible. told me every time she looks at them, she feels happy. So, so, so I got paid and she's happy. Everyone everyone wins, don't they? Everyone's winning. You, yeah. you can go to a big yeah. shop or a big kitchen yeah. company and you can buy the standard. Yeah. No one wins in that situation. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Corporations win. Yeah. You get something that you're going to tire of and get rid of in about... What, average of seven years for a kitchen? I, I think. think something like that's terrible, that's isn't it? Ridiculous. And it ends up in the landfill. Yeah, because it won't get reused. No, because it'll be chipboard with plastic. And even if the carcasses work, yeah. people can't be bothered. No. No, so it's, it's really interesting. I've done a few kitchens as well, I think. Um, you've seen a picture of the yes, beautiful. kitchen at my house. It's beautiful. Yeah. So that's another thing I want to do. But. So I'm really interested, because I didn't yeah. know anything about you other than yeah. that kitchen until yeah. today. Right. Yeah. I'm really interested in where you started this story. You talked about being yeah. really ill. Yeah. And you talked about travelling around the world. Yeah. And and then you you went to woodworking as... Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm not yeah. going to put words in your mouth, I'm wondering how how much of a healing process it was working with your hands. That's a really good point. And that's part of my story, yeah. it It's a very... It, at its best, it's a very meditative process that can totally involve your mind. You really get in the zone... If I'm playing in this piece of wood here that I've found, you found that's that. a very it is a kind of healing thing. I think George Nakashima talked about that as well. How he he had to recover from his awful experiences in World War Two, and um, it is a very healing to 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 start off with raw materials, and then sometime later you finish it and you end up with this. Let me show you. This. I mean, this is beautiful. Well, I've just made this sideboard. Um, these are. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it, it, but it is a healing process. It is. It is. It is. But these are um, these are strip flooring from a gym, a gym. floor in yeah. Manchester. I think you might. I don't know if you're the same age as me, but I remember these from the school. I think I'm probably older. <laughs> right, okay. your, your gym floor at school might have had that sort of material. Yeah, it did exactly that. So a friend of mine who's in Manchester had uh, lifted had to replace a floor in a gym, and he said, "Do you want this? Otherwise, it's." It's scrap. It goes for a lot of money. This is my, now. This is mahogany. I mean, it's beautiful stuff. I've seen people make walls out of it. With yeah. The, with, the, with the court linings. That's still it. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the yeah. tape across it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's that stuff. That's incredible. But as you can see, if you give it a good... If you treat it nice and sand it, it's what a beautiful colour. It is stunning. Gorgeous. It is then, stunning. So, some of the matching bits and created the handles so it's quite thin it's quite thin that, that flooring yeah. it's probably yeah. what about I'd say 6 mil maybe yeah something like 5 that, mil yeah. maybe a bit more yeah so, so what have you done underneath it so I've made a carcass out of plywood yeah and then wrapped it wrapped it in this stuff wrapped it in the mahogany so you put flooring. A, it's, not, it's, it's kind of veneered but it's sense. thicker than a veneer it's isn't thick, it it's yeah. like a thick veneer that's yeah. beautiful it's absolutely and it comes beautiful up and and I mean, I you know, I would always choose this over something new. Yeah. But people don't. So this whole, yeah. this whole, this whole rush to consume. Yeah. This entire, you know, just replace it. It's it's cheaper. Chuck it out, get a new one. It yeah, speaks it of up. not valuing things properly. That's absolutely right. Yeah, isn't it? And why do you think yeah. that? What? When did that change? When? At what point in history did we think? Yeah. Let's get new. When did that happen? It's in our lifetime, isn't it? 
I feel because I feel like I'm 47 and certainly my parents have a real aversion to throwing things away so sometime in our lifetime so it's my generation's if it's anyone's fault I think it's our generation's fault that's interesting to do with economics isn't it I think I think it's a combination of factors I think it's mainly to do with ego but I think there is some but I think there is some economy in as in the prestige of having a new thing rather than an old thing and and I'd actually I think your parents might be different to many of that generation Because I think it is that generation. Because yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. 49, so yeah, no, yeah. My, my folks are like 70 and soon and 72. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and they're pretty good, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're not massive consumers, but yeah. many in that generation were that, that whole kind of like white technology, white heat of technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if you're consuming, then you're winning, you're, you're beating your yeah. neighbours. Yes. Um, and, and I think it started in that... Ge- I'm not saying we're, yeah, not, maybe, we're not guilty, we are. It might be a reaction to what when the generation before who, who you know, went through World War Two and so on and, and came out of that when you really did have to save everything because there wasn't going to be any more... That was real austerity. Yeah, yeah, real proper austerity. Yeah, not the pretend austerity. Might be, maybe our parents had a reaction to that. I think there's a turn away from it that I've noticed. I think what I'm doing... People love it. They love the idea of it. I think a lot of people are quite sick. Yeah. They're feeling grossly bloated with stuff that I mean how, I don't know about you but how much stuff have you got in your attic or in your I, garage um, or in your shed that you just you, I've got but, too much stuff that was beautiful the way you just described that <laughs> but I asked this question in my workshops yeah. hands up if you want more stuff in your life no I, I one really want less no one puts their hands up good stuff yeah that it, lasts exactly exactly so at some, but at yeah. some point I mean, Vance Packard in like his 1956 classic, The Wastemakers, talked oh, yeah. about planned obsolescence. Right. And we build it in from a technical point of view. So you'll buy a washing machine from the 1960s yeah. and there'll be a component on there that will break. Yeah. And it'll break every three years, yeah. long enough for you to think, oh, it wasn't so bad, yeah. but not long enough for you to yeah. have it run on and on and yeah. on and on. And he, and he talked about this, and it was, a, it was an industrial strategy that, rem, that pulled us away yeah. from, from a war footing, because to, get, to recover from a war, you make things, that employs people, yeah. you've got to sell things yeah. so people can make things again. Yeah. It's now 2017, and most of our industry is still based on a post-war footing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he, yeah. so he, he was right, and I, like you now, see a turning away from this. Yeah, I do, yeah. And it's certainly beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It is a nice thing, yeah. Yeah, you can see it in, I think, uh, I know lots of people are, perhaps slightly different, but similar, a lot of people are into having allotments, yeah. growing their own food. Even not, they don't think they're going to survive solely on what they've grown sure. but they're just to have a little taste of that of growing your own food yeah. and recycling I, I agree that's all part of the same thing it's, it's all part of, of of relying more on you and yeah. less on others yeah. and not buying happiness yes you, know, you, you can't, can't buy it you can't yeah. buy it you can't buy it but if, you, if you're making stuff that's lovely even you can just do small stuff it doesn't matter if you make a thing to make a, I'll tell you a good example of that obsolescence. I, I recently was in the market for a new van for business. And uh, I had the opportunity to buy quite a new van. And my um, wife's uncle is a car mechanic. I asked him about these new ones. He said, the problem is there's so much electronics in them. If it goes wrong, all you can do is pull out the electronic yeah. unit, throw it away and put a new one in. You can't repair it with a set of spanners. So he advised me to get a slightly older one. Yeah. He said, I can repair it. If that breaks down, I'll fix it for you. 
That's brilliant. You know, I'll take the carburetor out, I'll rebuild the carburetor, we'll put it back in. So that's... Work. So, you know, that planned obsolescence, and then that's what... This is my little mission. <laughs> but I love it. And, you know, and, that's and the overall... But you're not the big thing. But you're not do. alone, Johnny. Yeah, you're not, not alone. No, you've got think, people with yeah. you here. Vintage um, clothing as well is another one, isn't it? People I love that. I loved, I, I, I lived. I've just written a blog about this, but yeah. I've not posted it yet. I yeah. lived on vintage clothing, so it's so for yeah, me, yeah. like yeah. the mid to late eighties, vintage clothing was yeah. twenty five years old. I was wearing like sixties yeah, yeah. kind of beatnik stuff, and I, and I loved it. Yeah. Now, of course, vintage clothing twenty five years old. Yeah, yeah. It's like the eighties all yeah, over again. Right, yeah. But my kids, um, one of them lives in Sheffield. He, he, and well, both of the both of the eldest yeah. two. Um, they just live in vintage clothing. That's yeah. their ethos. That's, that is, that's good to hear. So it's not, it's not like the carbon footprint yeah. of having a kid so dreadful don't have yeah. kids. It's the kind, it depends on the kind of kid you have and how you raise them. Yeah. But I love yeah. that comparison about the van and what you do because you're, you're absolutely right and, and, and you're, you're, your wife's uncle's right. Yeah. Um, not, there's very few mechanics anymore, but there's lots of fitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that feels That's wrong. the difference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? I, I, do you know, I read it just as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it's about. Since. It's about that. Being involved with the objects in your life and working towards quality rather than quantity. It's about achieving quality in something. That means it lasts a long time. He, he's, I don't know, he's a, he's a great reader. But, it's uh, a brilliant reader. Do you yeah. know what? You, you've... Yeah. You've poked me enough to, yeah, to dig, dig it up, out and dig, read it dig again. It up. Yeah, yeah. But I'm interested in what you've just said yeah. there. So, outside of this, yeah. I noticed you wearing a pair of climbing boots. Yes. Outside Should of feel. this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Everyone's got climbing um, yeah. How has how has working with mm. wood and yeah. being so attached and close to something it, it, within your nine to five, mm. and, it, and I know it won't yeah. be nine to five. Yeah, but, yeah. How has that impacted outside of work? In your in your personal life, I think. Um, yeah. Oh wow, that's a good question. I think I can think of a few examples. I think um, I have a five-year-old daughter, and I want to spend as much time with her as I can because she won't be that young and beautiful, and well, she will always be beautiful, but so sweet yeah. at the moment. This work gives me chance to spend time with her and with my family and at home, Sorry. and um, I think. I've also bought a house here in Sheffield, and I think doing this work has made me want to do, do, we're doing up the house, it's pretty beaten up and it needs a lot of work, but I'm doing a lot of it myself, and if I'm not doing it myself, I'm looking for people who want to do a really good job on it. I don't want to just bang that house together, I want it to, the work we do on it, I want it to last and find some really good tradesmen people in Sheffield. Does that answer your question? It, I think it, so. No, it, it, it does, it I'm does. I'm, 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 where I'm kind of interested yeah. in, is I'm wondering if you do any meditation if ah. when you're on the if when you're climbing up when you when yeah. you, I'm assuming you climb because because yeah. actually because you bit. look like a climber um, when you're up at Stanage yeah it is the attention to detail and the fact that you're you're in the moment with the wood and there's nothing else yeah very much do so. you get the same thing on the mill on the grit stone? you have to really concentrate on what you're doing if you're going to do a good job Partly because a lot of these things have really sharp edges on them. Yeah. So if you're not fully in it, in the moment, uh, and believe me, I've cut my fingers and things lots of times, you definitely need to get into that zone, and it's a great way to do it. That's brilliant. When you come up, when you've... And sometimes I'll be here for hours, and then I look at my watch and go, oh my goodness, it's time to go home and get Rosie from school. <laughs> Quick! <laughs> because I've just got so absorbed in it. 
Um, that's what alarms are for, aren't they, on your yeah. phone? Yeah, I've got a, You know, um, we were talking about um, things that are made to last. Look at these massive bits of wood here. Those planks, oh, I saw those. Such, They're amazing. almost like um, exercise benches from school. What they are is the banister. Have you heard of Park Hill Flats? Oh yeah, it's beautiful Park Hill. Park Hill. It's these. listed. It's listed, isn't it? Now? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's now a listed building. These, at some point, they pulled out the insides, and these are the banisters. So they went on council flats on top right? of a wall, essentially. Uh, the they separated were up the, the stairs. sides of the stairs. Imagine the stairs coming up, and these would be the banisters. Bloody hell! I mean, this is social housing. Which is a fantastic thing, and this is the kind of. I mean, that's going to last. It's not a silly plastic banister. That's when were when were Parkhill flats built? Uh, I believe in the nineteen fifties, fifties, late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. So that so that's fifty years in use, sixty years yeah. in use. Yeah. And I wonder what they've replaced them with. Yeah. Who knows. And I wonder if they'll still be in that. 60 years. <laughs> yeah. Will Rosie yeah, yeah, yeah. be pulling out the, the Park Hill Flats yeah, banisters yeah. Yeah. and reworking probably them? Probably not, because they're probably plastic. I suspect she won't be because of that. I yeah. agree. So that's a good example of the stuff I'm looking for. And it gives me a lot of pleasure to think, what can I reuse? I mean, that's going to make a beautiful bench, table. It's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. There's another one there. So as a, as a yeah. young maker, so yeah. we'll, just, we'll just finish now, but as oh. a young maker, so yeah. you know, you've, got, you've got the cost of going to university has never been higher, yep. with the benefits yeah. never been lower, yeah. and, and education yeah. in the UK is utterly broken. It's struggling, isn't it? Yeah, so if I was 16, 17, 18, mm. <laughs> and I wanted to get into, into, into a craft like yeah. this... Yeah. Yeah. Well, how would I start? Interesting. I've had a few, quite a few emails recently from people, young people asking me that very question. I think you just, you've got to do this by doing it. Even if you just start, just do any gig that comes along at the start. If someone asks you to make a box, make a box. Just, just do it. Don't think too much about it. I don't, I'll, just don't get bogged down in thinking about whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing. Just keep doing it. Even if you can just do it, because I just started, when I first came here to Sheffield, I started doing this. I was in my mate's, I started in my mate's garage, which was an open-sided building in winter. I'm not saying, like, oh, tough for me. But I just thought, I just got to do it. And someone asked me to make a bed. So I made them a bed and just took it from there. So, yeah, just... And, and at what I know point, that's obvious, really, but just, no, just, but it isn't. just carry on. Just carry I, on. I'll tell you why it isn't it's obvious. Small steps. Small steps. Because the reasons not to are mm. so great. You, yeah. can, you can persuade yourself yeah. that you shouldn't do yeah. it. But a really good friend of mine, a guy called Ben mm. Edmonds in Derby, who yeah. makes knives, uh, block knives. Oh, yeah. Amazing guy. And he used to be a designer. And, yeah. and, and at one point, he saw a video by mistake on yeah. how to make a knife. And he made a knife. And made a few and he took one yeah. to the pub to sell it and they didn't buy it but as he was walking back across the car park someone said to him are you the knife maker yeah, yeah 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 and he had that moment where he thought am i so you need to believe in what you're doing is what you're saying well, am i the knife maker i mean it took when me, when were you yeah, yeah. when did you become the cabinet maker when yeah, did you yeah. become the about, woodworker so i've been at this about 10 years 11 years well depends how you measure it 12 years maybe it took me a good six years to actually believe yeah actually i can do this I can actually do it, and I am a woodworker, and I am a cabinet maker, and I am a craftsman. Craftsman is a hard word, I think, to because that's an ongoing process. There's, one of the beauties of this, there's always more to learn. You could, I don't think you could ever get to a point where you think, right, now I know everything. It'd be impossible. Uh, yeah, several years in, and a lot of pieces, but that's a process, isn't it? Well, it, it, it? I think there's a point where 
you find yourself doing things that a couple of years back you would have really struggled and it would have been really frustrating and you'll be thinking, Should I, oh, what am I doing this for? Now you'll be playing, uh, 10 years in, you're playing a piece of wood and I'm not really particularly thinking about it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm just doing it. It's become part of you. It's become part of me and that's when you have actual skills. So, so which was and that's a real pleasure. That's that satisfying thing. Joy. I mean, yeah, sometimes you don't realise it till afterwards when you've finished. And you're like, actually, that's quite good. Look at that. That's not so, bad. So which was harder, <laughs> learning the skills to, to, to do enough to get going or changing your mentality changing to your see mentality. yourself yeah, as a yeah. woodmaker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wood yeah. yeah, I think a lot of artists struggle with that, didn't it? When, when you come to say, I am an artist. I mean, I think of myself as more of an artist these days than a craftsman. But it's taken me a long time to say that, to say it out loud, to say, I am an artist. I am a craftsman. Because there's no one to give you a piece of paper. You know, nothing wrong with that, but you know, yeah. if you become, I don't know, a lawyer or something yeah. like that, eventually someone will give you a piece of paper and say, there you are, you are now a lawyer and you've got a piece of paper and you can show people. There's none of that, you've just got to believe it yourself, haven't you? Johnny Tyson, yeah, 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 you yeah, are right. most definitely an artist. Thank you. And a craftsman. Well, I guess even to hear someone say that is like, oh, but your work's you. beautiful. <laughs> thank you very much. Look, your work's beautiful. Yeah. The way you do it's beautiful. But thank you. From my point of view, it all fits back to the why you do it. Yeah. And I absolutely yeah. love your story. And honestly, um, the stories thing's so important, isn't it? I just wish you so, so I honestly, we need more of you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Well, I thank really you. appreciate it. Really Thanks appreciate for that. <laughs> Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed that. There were some real nuggets in there for me, um, particularly around how we define and how we explain who we are. And, and for so long, we've kind of bound who we are up with a job title, or more recently and more worryingly, with the kind of products we buy and the kind of consumer, a horrible word, but the kind of consumer that we, we are. And this kind of like slow approach, and what I love about Johnny is it's a slow approach to craft. It takes ages to make those things, but it's also deeply embedded in, in the value of the raw materials that you've got. They're not, nothing's disposable. Everything gets used, even if he's just making a dowel. It's just incredible. But, but the way that Johnny views himself was also interesting, and I think that's fascinating too, the, um, the frame and the lens that we look, we look through and we put ourselves in. Um, uh, increasingly interesting in a, in a world that seems to be uh, driven by, by ego and um, maybe, maybe the less altruistic kind of forms of behaviour. Although we are beginning to see some changes there, and certainly I see some changes there. So I kind of love that whole honesty, openness, being associated with something that is astonishingly beautiful. Um, and you know, whether you need a new kitchen or whether you don't, um, you've got to admire somebody who takes the time to seek out the old and turn it into the new and to keep things going. And, and seek out people who have the same belief as you have. And yeah, it'll probably cost a little bit more, but it'll last a lot longer. And you're helping good people rather than people that you don't know. I'm not saying they're bad people at all, but when you've got that close connection to somebody, 
Nobody minds paying more because you believe more, because you feel more, because you care more. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, Next time, two weeks probably, um, I've got a really lovely podcast I recorded um, with a shoemaker. So looking forward to that one. Cheers.